Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. These verses of scripture written by the prophet Isaiah, found in Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 2, speak of a great light in the midst of great darkness. I really believe that these verses are very applicable to where we are at in the world today. And tonight we're going to dive into these verses with my good friend Ron Hamilton and take a very close look at what the prophet Isaiah said and wrote many, many years ago. And I really believe that right now we as believers who have been bought by the blood of Jesus must do what Isaiah said, and that is arise. Well, welcome to all of our viewers to the Raven's Heart live stream. Welcome to everybody that's on YouTube and on Twitch and watching us on Facebook Live. And guess what? If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button down there. And we already have a comment from one of our viewers, Ron, from uh, Jim Stan. He says, hello from... Uh, from Georgia, I believe. Guam, that is. Wow. I, look at that. I got to put my glasses on. Yeah, it says Guam. Hey, Jim. Um, he's normally in Georgia, but I guess he's in Guam tonight. Good to have you with us. Ron, thank you for coming back uh, to the Raven's Heart live stream. We had you on earlier this year, and we talked about your book, Ecclesia. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your ministry here in Charleston, South Carolina with the gate before we dive into the word tonight absolutely I, you know my heart has always been to just see believers become gates conduits you know it's just that god is in us and uh he's decided to live in us who knew that <laughs> and you know it's like what a strategy is to put himself inside of people and put put us everywhere but you know like the gates uh in charleston you know they they can get a little inoperative we need to keep the Holy Spirit, you know, alive in us so our gates can open up easily because people around us, I mean, they need God. I mean, people need the Lord, no doubt about it. I mean, he's He's our creator. He's full of love. He's full of goodness. I love verses like it says in the old day and the last days that we'll be baffled by God's goodness. So we we have to be gates. So that's our ministry. We, it's called the gate community or short, the gate and we just encourage people, um, believers, you know, because you have to, uh, Jesus said you have to be born again. And, uh, you know, you can't change that. You, <laughs> we're, we're all, all we're dead. And, but he makes us alive as we ask him to come and just revolutionize us. And so we become gates. So that's where the gate came from. 
And that is so important for people to understand that there is only one way to salvation, and that is through Jesus, uh, through believing in his death and his resurrection. And something that a lot of people don't realize is that becoming a believer is not just making a mental decision, but God comes and dwells in you. It's a supernatural experience that occurs when you're born again and you're changed on the inside. And I think that's going to lead into where we're going a little bit tonight. And we have Tiffany McGinnis-Shelton from North Carolina with us. Tiffany, welcome to the live stream. We are going to talk about some amazing things in Scripture. We're going to go back to the book of Isaiah. And Ron, Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 2, we've got light going on, great light. We've got clouds of darkness, all sorts of stuff. What's going on here in these verses? <laughs> what is Isaiah talking about? <laughs> well, I'm like you. I, I just love Isaiah 60. I mean, our grandson, is uh, his name is Bright. So uh, that's his verse. We love that. You know, it says, Arise and shine for your light. It's just isn't it amazing. God is so personal to each of us. You know, I, uh, Isaiah, I mean, Psalm 139.16 says, He knows each of us before He forms us. And he actually puts our work, our amazing work, in a book. You know, you you have a book already written about yourself, and you you are the uh, the, the, the the top actor and actress. So it's your light. So I mean, God, God just wants to show up on the earth with you know He's the light, so we're the light. You know, we don't have any light without Him. But I just love this. Is that it talks about in the middle of darkness. You know, of course, it could be applicable at any time when there's darkness. But, of course, you know, we're, we're experiencing darkness here, you know, on this earth. You know, there's darkness upon people. <clears throat> and God has chosen us. It's just amazing. You know, it says the glory of the Lord has risen on you. It's just that, you know, I believe as believers, we've got to get over the fact that God wants to be in us. You know, I think I've, I've been the, the thought lately is God needs a body. He needs a body. I mean, he, he has to be in a body on the earth is his best way now. Because, you know, when he created earth as a territory for the king, the king of heaven created a territory called earth. Then he created us, mankind, male and female, mankind. And he said, hey, I'm going to put my nature in you, my, my who, <laughs> and I'm going to put my likeness. And that word has a, a connotation of, of functionality. How he does things. God has a way of doing things that that's just shines. It's just amazing. So, you know, I think we're tuning in to the fact that both how he is and who he is is uh it's gotta be uh in us. Um of course he's always working on us for that, right? All of us. He's uh, he doesn't stop. The Holy Spirit is so gracious, but God has decided to be in us. So anywhere there's darkness, if there is a, a believer with light in them. Light always overcomes the darkness. <laughs> so that's why I love, I love Isaiah 60. It does. You're talking about that book just a minute ago that's about us. I think mine is going to be more of a comedy than anything else with the way that my <laughs> life is is kind of unfolded. You know, I really wanted to talk about this tonight because for some of our viewers that have known me for many, many years, shortly after I taught your son fifth grade, I started doing a lot of writing. And I found these. Um, actually, they were saved by somebody who was at the church that I was at, at the time. I wrote a lot about Isaiah chapter 60, verses wow. 1 through 2, and found it a very um, prophetic verse in a lot of ways, that 
this is something to look forward to. And I've always looked forward to Isaiah chapter 60 verses one through two. And then there were, you know, a, a time in my life where it was about 10, 13 years where I stepped away from scripture, stepped away from church, stepped away from the word. I kind of put it on a shelf. And then I heard you talking about it back in December with the gate. And I was like, oh my, you know, and it started bringing things back to remembrance. And you were talking about some really weighty things, really breaking down the verses and the words in a way that it's not like, hey, this is a really inspirational verse and let's put it on a coffee cup, you know, really giving meaning to it. In this verse, what does the word arise mean? I want to talk about that first since it's the first word. What does it mean to arise? What is God wanting us to do? Yeah, I I think it means a, a lot a lot of things for us at this point too. And I believe it's based, based on the confidence that we have that he's in us, you know, and that we just show, show up. I think that speak up, show up, he's with you, arise, because you're needed. You know, um, Ezekiel 37, it's just amazing, a whole chapter, but Ezekiel's put among dry bones, you know, in the valley of dry bones. And he says, then prophesy to them that they might live and you know, for all of us, we come, life comes through Jesus Christ. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he was the firstborn among many. He had to die, and he came alive again. The same thing with us. I mean, we, we, we have to come alive in him, and he plants a new creative spirit in us. Um, you know, he doesn't rehab. I, I think it would be fun to be uh, before God created the earth, the, him and the Holy Spirit and Jesus talking about it. You know, we're going to give them choice, so they're probably going to mess up. What are we going to do then? We're going to rehab rehab them? And they said, all of them said, no, I don't think so. I don't want to rehab them. And, you know, too much of Christianity is trying to rehab the old person. You know, this grit your teeth. I'm a dentist. Grit your teeth and try to be good. No. God gave us a new creative spirit, and the Holy Spirit is our tutor to show us how to walk in life. So we rise because God is in us. And I think we just show up. You know, we realize that, I mean, Christianity is not on Sunday morning at 9, 10, or 11. Yeah. I mean, in fact, the kingdom of God is more real outside a building. And it's more real in life. I was talking to a guy today um, having lunch, you know, just telling him that, man, the kingdom of God is everywhere. And it, when people experience it in all of its facets, that's what they want. You know, we... We talk about a lot of times with, with glory, that, that word means weightiness. It, the Hebrew word is so rich. It means, you know, like an essence of a thing. It means like a presence, a weighty presence of, for us, God, so that it creates culture. So okay. We're not talking about just, you know, a good feeling. It's talking about God bringing his culture on the earth through us. So... Habakkuk 2, 14, you know, another favorite verse for all of us, uses that word glory. He says, the knowledge of the glory of God shall cover the earth as the water covers the seas. So, I mean, water covering the sea is pretty pervasive. So that word glory, you know, ends up being a, a, a heavy, weighty culture. So God has a culture that people really love if they could experience it. So. <laughs> 
Well, it's a kingdom. It's his kingdom. And when Jesus was on, on earth, when he walked the earth, he's like, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And John the Baptist even said that. And, you know, it's not that we're seeing the full kingdom right now. That's yet to come. But we, as those who are temples of the Holy Spirit, are to be the ones that bring that culture here to earth from my understanding. Tiffany's got a comment, and it's a, it's a really good one. She says, obedience. I think sometimes we deny walking in our calling because we think we have to have time or we just are not ready yet. You know, that's, that's really true. Ron, do you have any comments on what Tiffany just wrote? I'll put that back up on the screen there about walking in our calling and arising and doing that. Absolutely. I, I just, one thing I love to tell people is get over your bad self. You know, <laughs> God is excited to be in us, imperfect people. And he doesn't wait for us to be perfect. So, you know, in righteousness, we have to get a hold of these words. Righteousness is not some, you know, outside looking good, righteous, being goody, goody, two shoes. Righteousness is alignment with your creator. <laughs> so love it. align with him to so seek first the kingdom of God in alignment with the king of heaven. Gosh, that changes everything. I mean, it's not religion at all. It's yeah. this amazing relationship, you know, where God speaks to us. I love, well, I'm going to preach now, but Psalm 29 says the voice of the Lord is so majestic. It's powerful. It actually causes a deer to birth. So we, you know, yeah. we hear God, we hear his voice. He's in us. He guides us. And, you know, we just have to get over the fact that he is in us. And we we just need, you know, I, I like to say, if you have a bad thought about yourself, get another thought. You know, just get another thought. Discard that one because repentance is really having a better and better thought. It's actually changing your mindset. So, you know, we have a spiritual mind that is full of God and he's talking to us about who we really are. So we just have to continue to discern uh, who we are in God, you know, and just get over our bad self. <laughs> you know, that is so important because I'd like to encourage our viewers and our listeners. And Tiffany is really enjoying what you're saying. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. And uh, Christopher says, relationship with Jesus from Christopher Fogelman. You are absolutely yes. correct, Christopher. It is about relationship. It is not about tradition or religion. And that's kind of what got the Pharisees uh, and the Sadducees a little bit upset when Jesus started preaching and started <laughs> his ministry. It's like, wait a minute, this is not uh, what we're doing here. This isn't our program, Jesus. So we like ours and you know, this whole relationship thing. And I think we're starting to see that today. And we're going to we're going to get back to that in a minute. But I want to encourage our viewers and our listeners. There is so much venom in the world today that gets stuck in your head to keep you down, whether it comes from the media, whether it comes most of the venom that I have that I have to extract from my veins has come from past religious and church experiences. And I've yeah. had to I've had to step away from that. And I have to actively I was even doing it this afternoon. I'm like, no, that is not true. That is not true. That is not true. And uh, it's so important to move beyond that. And it's so funny because every time I, before I do this live stream, I'm like, oh, I don't think I can do this. I, I don't know if I'm ready yet. I'm just not that good enough. And then when I open my mouth and open up the microphone, it just starts to happen. It's that <laughs> obedience that Tiffany was talking about. And Ron, there were a couple other um, definitions of rise that I found in Strong's Concordance today that I thought were very interesting and applicable today to today and any one of these, if you could expound upon them a little bit more. Arise also means to stand, 
<laughs> like obedience coming out. It also means to be established and valid. And when I hear those words established and valid, I hear authority, living in authority, living in kingdom authority, being established and valid, not some sort of floozy religious system or anything like that, but being that, demonstrating that glory. Can you talk to us a little bit about kingdom authority and standing in authority? Yeah, because, you know, authority has been so misrepresented. Um, Authority, again, comes through alignment. And authority, Paul said, is to build up, you know, so we have authority to build people up, which means we have the authority to bring judgment upon the enemy who's trying to pull them down. That's why God gave us authority. You know, uh, Luke 10, 19, he says, you have authority over all the power of the enemy. I mean, think about why we have authority. We have authority, Paul said, to build up and to bring the enemy down. And we use it that way. Uh, I mean, we will see people be set free whether it's being set free physically, emotionally, mentally, you know, uh, from, from, from terror, whatever. God's authority is in us. And Jesus gives us authority when we're born again. He said, all authority has been given to me. Now go and make disciples of all nations. So we have authority. If you're born again uh, doing this podcast, you are going to begin to have a sense of authority in your life over things. You know, we're not to be under circumstances. We are to be the head and not the tail. And that's not to be arrogant. It means we are to have authority in our life to build people up and not, you know, and quit our, our stinking thinking and begin to understand who, who God is in us and who he has made us. We are so fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> I mean, you're so unique and God wants to use you. Ephesians 2.10 says that, you know, as you are connected with him, Amazing works will unfold before you. This is such an amazing journey with God. You know, I love to talk about um, God's purpose and our assignment. God's purpose basically is to colonize earth with heaven. You look at Genesis 1. I mean, he created earth. And what do kings do? They colonize their territories with their culture, their heart. and, And who they do it with best is their sons and daughters. So we have the purpose of God so clear, and we see it weaving all through the Old Testament and New Testament. And then we have our assignment, and our assignment is based on who we are, who God's created us, our vocation. I love to say where we work, where we recreate, where we eat. You know, we, we love to go eat certain places. Our friends, our network, and our sphere of influence is our assignment. So we take that authority of God, which is so good, it's so benevolent. And we destroy the works of the enemy, and we build people up. We set them free. We let them see who they can be. I, the other day, I, I had um, a neck surgery, and just the other day, I was at in Columbia. And I came out of the doctor's office. I was about to go down the stairs, you know, and I felt like the Lord pointed this, this, this man out, and this little boy, about 10 years old, he said, go talk to him. You know, go encourage him. And I had no clue what I was supposed to say to him, but... I took two steps down the steps as if I wasn't going to go. <laughs> so I said, oh, gosh, he said, go. So I went over there and just started talking to him, just started telling him that whatever he was facing, that God knew about it, that God God had, you know, the answer, that don't worry about it. His eyes filled up. I could tell that he was just needing encouragement. And I told him some specific stuff. But it's just that, I mean, we are the gates of God. 
And as we realize who we are every day, God is with us. He's in us. And we just open our gate up. I mean, just open up a little bit and let God use you. And then you're open up a little more. But I think the authority, again, is to destroy the work of the enemy and, and build people up and let them see who they are. I like what you say about authority and that it's aligning yourself with Christ. Um, you remember when I was in this, because you, you were around at the time, we were, we were kind of together through the school. The, the church that I was at, the alignment was not with Christ, but with the pastors and the leadership. And that was your alignment and that was your allegiance. And it was so crushing. And in that alignment and in that allegiance, it was always a constant tearing down of everybody that's around you or the tearing down of other ministries. And I think really God is, there, there, there's a lot going on here. Um, I see very clearly right now that there's a separation that's going on. It's a separation between those who are doing what we're talking about, who are aligning themselves with Christ and are living empowered lives and are walking in that obedience and seeing signs and wonders and seeing wonderful things. And then you have the other ones who are stuck with the, we're going to align ourselves with this ministry. We're going to align ourselves with these traditions. And there's a separation going on right now. And unfortunately, what I see is you know, the the, uh, the Baskin Robbins flavor of YouTube these days. A lot of times is, "Hey, I'm a heretic. You're a heretic. Uh, everybody else is a heretic, but I'm not." You know, and there's a lot of name calling that's going yeah. on because what we're dealing with here, you know, when you look at the Gospel of John, you know, when Jesus says in John chapter three, "Ye must be born again," that is actually mystical. You know, and a lot of people have a hard time with that. What God's spirit is going to dwell in me. And I've, I've even been watching because I do here at Raven's Heart. We do a lot with music and we talk about music a lot. And I see all the arguments against the music of today coming from from certain churches where it's very personal and very intimate with Jesus. And they're like, no, we need to go back to the old stuff. And, you know, I love old hymns and I love that, but they're not as intimate with the Lord as what we see, the new songs that are coming out today. And I think it's just that progression as, as the church, as the believers go from glory to glory, that intimacy becomes deeper. And Ron, I really believe that as you align yourself and you play plunge into Jesus, that light that you have is going to shine brighter. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. No, it, you know, the path of the righteous, the, those aligned with God shines brighter and brighter. You know, yeah. so we're just more and more aware of God and we're more aware of his power, his majesty, his splendor than we do with problems around us. You know, I don't believe David even hardly saw Goliath. I mean, he, he saw it as God. He knew it's God. He looked beyond him. You know, so we have to realize that, I mean, we have to get a hold of God being in us and hearing his voice, being directed by him. You know, folks think that hearing God's voice is like Paul being knocked off the horse. No, God is in us. So his voice is going to come from the inside, of course, aligned with Scripture because he speaks out of Scripture so much. But I, it changed my life when I realized that God was so close to me and he wanted to speak to me. Now, when I hear his voice, I've learned to discern it because number one, it's a lot smarter than mine. <laughs> it's a lot more encouraging. And, you know, when I need convicting, it's convicting, yeah. you know. Yeah. 
so it's just it's clean and it's so amazing yeah. and he wants us to learn to walk with him so yes. god you know god is with us and that's yes. just powerful Absolutely. We've got some very important comments that I want to get to because we got some ministry to do tonight, Ron, here. So this is awesome. And you want to talk about listening to the voice of the Lord. Um, I am the I am the guy of copious notes. Uh, they're, they're right here. And I sent Ron like this huge file of notes. And just as we were preparing, I was like, I just kind of need to put these aside and we're just going to roll with it. And <laughs> I really believe that that was the Lord saying that I was prepared in my heart for this. That's good outline aside let's go with what god is doing and i want to bring up a comment for you to um um respond to ron uh christopher fogelman says having a hard time reaching family any advice i need that light so here's a man who has a heart towards the lord uh he's a wonderful musician too and he wants to reach his family with the gospel he needs that light what advice would you give him ron well i'll tell you um just first to be confident that God, you know, his voice in your life, that he'll begin to show you where they are. And I believe the things that you can pray for them that are more and more specific. And, you know, so instead of, for, for me, I had to give up always having a good word for somebody and begin to really pray for people and my family and really have God download to me what was really going on with them. So I could pray more specifically and then I could be more ready for an answer and also to sanctify him as Lord. First Peter 315 says, sanctify him as Lord in your life, whatever that means to us, just that, you know, his light his our connection with him, sanctify him as Lord and then be ready to give an account of what the hope. So people need hope. I'm telling you, they, they are hopeless in so many ways. And whatever people are trusting in is going to run out. It really will. It's going to run out. And then they will start remembering the people that had light, the people that had hope. And, you know, hope for us, too, that God loves our family, loves people that we're praying for more than we do. You know, the God of hope says we'll give you peace and joy in believing. Romans 15, 18. So the God of hope will give you peace and joy in believing. So there's a there's a peace and joy that actually stiffs us into believing for what we're praying for, for people. And I think, you know, continually sanctifying him as Lord in our life. And then, you know, Paul said, go get back to the simplicity of following Christ and having that hope in us that people can actually see, taste, taste and see he's good. You know, I just think that's for me that that works. That's awesome. That's and good, we've Orlando. got a, like Yeah, that. yeah, Orlando oh. is right. Yeah, and that goes the, Orlando says those that are going to be listening on the iTunes replay greetings. Many times the best preaching we can make is our example to be like Jesus towards others. And Christopher yes. says, "Thank you." I want to talk about that because, you know, as I was preparing for this, there were some scripture verses. I did some study. I was like, "Okay, where where else do we see things? How does Isaiah 60 applied to us because, you know, the ultimate fulfillment of it is the promise for the nation of Israel. I was like, where else in scripture can I find this? 
Well, and this is really cool. And this goes to what Orlando said and what you just said. It's in Matthew 5, 16. Jesus said uh, the same thing that Isaiah said. He said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. So Jesus is saying the same thing there. He's saying, arise and shine. That is applicable to us so that people see our good works and it's our works and the things that we do that show our authenticity and that we're genuine we could say anything that we want people can say anything but where the rubber meets the road is with action absolutely you know know, and those good works think about again ephesians 2 10 that happens supernaturally natural you know it's not like go out and feed the poor I mean, that's good. Of course, that's good. But I'm saying you connected with God because God's in us and him shining through you and your skin, your gifts, who you are, your person, your weird personality, your weird sense of humor, everything. God will shine through you. And that's when the glory of God starts showing up. Are you calling me weird, Ron? <laughs> that was for somebody out there. That was for somebody. Absolutely. You know, uh, we've got another comment from Tiffany that I want to bring in, and I love the participation tonight. This is just so awesome. It's yes. just so freeing in the spirit to do this. There's ministry going on, and I believe that there are many who are on the replay and w- watch us later on are going to be uh, blessed as well. But yeah, I hear this a lot, and this is the religious mindset of people, and I've had this happen <laughs> and I've had to cast it off, but you know, people are like, well, if you're really going to minister to people, what I need to see you doing is going out and I don't see you feeding the poor or I don't see you doing a homeless ministry or opening up your house to all these people to come in and to feed them. I see you doing this stuff with a podcast, a live stream and rock concerts. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's what God put in me to do. And that's what I'm going to do. And I remember you know, we'll go back to the place that I was at that we're not going to speak of specifically when you and I knew each other. You know, ministry had to be miserable. It had to be all the things we were always sent in directions that we were not supposed to go or do or that was in us. Um, children's ministry, uh, you know, I learned some things from doing it, but not my thing. It didn't go very, very well at all. So I think that's so important for our viewers and listeners to understand is that the things that God put in you, he put in there uniquely. And those are the things that he desires to use. And that's the authenticity. And that's where the light shines. Absolutely. So let's go to another comment from Tiffany. This is a big one. I think it's important to, too, to pray that the Lord open the door in his perfect timing and that he show us yeah. how to minister to them right where they are. So I, good. I, I, yeah, I'd agree with that, Tiffany. You know, it does promise in scripture that our household will be saved. Uh, and a lot of times we get frustrated in thinking, well, I prayed and I'm doing this and nothing's happened. Well, we really don't know everything that's happening, what's being worked on the inside, but it's all in God's timing and prayer is so important to, seeing somebody saved and set free. And uh, Jim says, members of the body. Yes, uh, that's that's really interesting because I was reading that this week, what the Apostle Paul wrote about the diversity of gifts yeah, in Scripture, and that everybody has these different things that God's called them to do, but what is going to make it evident that what they're doing is of God is that the stream of the Spirit runs through 
what they're doing. It could be the weirdest ministry that you ever thought of, but if the spirit is there and it's moving, then, you know, it's of God. And I have to say that with what we did here in Charleston with Rockfest, we had many people that were working with us that don't like Christian rock and don't like Christian metal. But the reason why they were with us is because they saw the spirit of God and they knew that people were going to be set free and liberated. think Think about the fact that, you know, the lost coin, He's going to look for everybody in every place in different places. And so he's going to have people wired for every aspect of culture, every, every slice of culture. So, you know, you talk about the feeding, feeding poor. I mean, we've all done that. We've all gone out and done, done that. And there's people that are just, God has anointed them for it. It's because, look, think of the gradient of all the people that God's after. He's going to raise your heart up toward a segment your sphere of influence who who you are how you're made so you're right don't get you know don't feel bad about it god's god's called you to people to be there among them yeah and uh michael turley michael welcome to the live stream tonight he says amen the sound went uh forward that's the, I guess that's it's that auto spell uh, that's on there. Amen. The sound went, went forward, and Michael was at Rockfest, and he actually preached in between oh, sets. And he, oh man, what a message he brought! And Michael, I appreciate what you post each day on social media. It's really it's it, it's awesome, and it's awesome to see the way that the Lord is using you. But it's that diversity of gifts. Ministry is not miserable. Life is not meant to be miserable. Misery is the opposite of that light. Ron, can you, maybe you can address this a little bit because I know that there's a lot of believers that struggle with depression and that's something that's really smothering their light. Um, they deal with that. Any advice for somebody who might be feeling under it, the, you know, under those dark clouds, those clouds of darkness to help them take those salt, those small steps of obedience to come out from those clouds and to be the light. Any advice for anybody like that? Well, of course, you know, um, that's, a, that's a subject we have to walk with uh, lots of wisdom because um, there are, you know, some physical things that have to be looked at medically. Uh, but overall, listen, God, God is so positive and he's in us and he's going to give us good thoughts. Psalm 139, the, I think it's 18, David talks about God, your thoughts around me are, are like sands of the sea, that God has so many good thoughts for us. And I think we do have to, repentance again, I think, is having a different mindset and having it so that we can continue to access his thoughts for us. And, uh, you know, that's, I think that's a discipline. Um, I think First Corinthians 4 says that we have authority and power to bring down every lofty opinion, every speculation, you know, and every really bad thought that's raised up against God's true knowledge in me and you know the enemy is on a budget. <laughs> I mean, he—he's not like God. He's not omnipresent. He's not. I mean, he doesn't have all the power. He doesn't have all the resources. Uh, he's got one third of the angels, so that you know, all of us begin to receive the thoughts of God and and re- reject and refuse the thoughts that are not of God. I mean, as we are in God's Word, I mean, God's Word tells us how to think about ourselves, and uh, you know, we regularly we we get scriptures i've got you know things where i record affirmations from scripture about myself we all need that so i think filling ourselves with god's thoughts i love first corinthians 2 9 through 16 i mean that's a massive 
uh, section of scripture where it says, you know, we know the thoughts of, who knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not the spirit from man, but the spirit from God who get, who tells us things, you know, and, and uh, uh, that he ends up saying we have the mind of Christ. So we have to begin to just listen to what God's saying about us. And, you know, that, that can change us. I mean, it's not overnight, but we, we have to do some weeding and, you know, planning. But I tell you, it's, it's amazingly fruitful as we do that. You know, as you were talking about the thoughts that we have about ourselves, I wrote something down and I wanted to share this. I wrote this, and this is something that I'm going to have to remember, is that God thinks more highly about me than I do. Yes. absolutely we've got some more comments and uh jim stan says it's great to know that we are members of the body united in a common purpose the same page yes yes the common purpose is to see the kingdom of heaven populated and to glorify jesus now you know we were talking about religion we were talking about um you know, stoicism and a lot of what religious stoicism and a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions concerning the Old Testament. Uh, and when you take a look at Isaiah 60, it's like, whoa, this is so liberating. You know, there's this great light and then God's going to do great and wonderful things. And, you know, it talks about the Gentiles coming and kings coming to thy brightness. And really what we're seeing there is we're seeing people being attracted to that glory of God for the purpose of the kingdom. But I went back a couple chapters into Isaiah 58, and I found something very interesting. uh, um, Isaiah wrote in verse 10, If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And then it says in verse 11, and the Lord will guide you continually. So there's a key right there to successful obedience of the Lord is pouring out your soul. That's hard to do. That's arising. I mean, you're being vulnerable. You're giving out. Um, A lot of pride has to come down to do that, too. And when you do that, your light starts to rise. So I, I really see that, Ron, as maybe a step for somebody to take. Find somebody, listen to the Spirit, and go and share your soul with them. Pour your soul out, the gospel. Share about Jesus. Share something that Jesus did. And it's so cool when you start to walk in that obedience. It's what you were talking about a few minutes ago. When you start, it says, and the Lord will guide you continually. And this is in the Old Testament. Go figure. <laughs> we got we have another uh, comment from Tiffany. She says, obedience equals deliverance with the live in the middle of it, and it equals transformation. That is so, so true. You know, I love that verse in 58, um, especially the verse 12 says, from those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins. They'll raise up the age-old foundations. And that's almost quoting, again, Isaiah 61, verse 4. Where, you know, it's the ministry of Jesus as we, because, you know, the Spirit of God is in us and upon us. I love, he starts out Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Jesus said that. So he's in us. So we carry his ministry. And as we get over our bad self, we realize that he is with us and in us. And we can see his ministry flow out more and more. 
And then verse four says, then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations. They will repair the ruined cities. And again, that's that's a cross culture. That's why God is after believers to be who we are and show how he does things. Our cities need to be changed with government. I mean, he's the king. The king knows government. He's a, he's, he's <laughs> yeah. a business. He's the, the king knows provision. He's yeah. a teacher. He, the king knows education. And, you know, he's a creator. I mean, how many trees did we need? How many birds? How, everything. He went OCD on creation. So yeah. he knows how to create. So, you know, as we see people get saved in all these areas, that's why you're so significant in what you do. Your gifts don't ever discount. I wish I could take back the number of times I saw someone promising as a young person said, be, you know, be in the ministry. Well, I was wrong. The ministry is out here, <laughs> you know? So what, whoever you are and the gifts you have, man, God has you there because you're going to see people saved and they will rebuild the, the cities. They will rebuild the ruined cities. They'll, they'll raise up the generations. So come on. No, absolutely <laughs> yeah jim says he went ocd on creation love this lol <laughs> yes i love the way the spirit is moving this evening um the the <laughs> comment that i'm going to bring up is probably going to cover up most of the screen but i want to bring it up because it's very important it's also from jim and it's probably going to go there we go okay so hey i'm looking over the comment there it is right there uh jim says god's word will not return void i was talking with someone who was genuinely confused about who she was I told her to go easy on herself. God's pace of revelation is perfect. He will not yes. give up on you. Do not marvel about what you do not know, but trust that he will carry out his work. This gives me peace. The one and only reason I know anything about God rests solely on him. It is nothing I have done or will do. Wow, that is so, so true. And it goes back to that um, time that, it was revealed to Peter that Jesus was the Christ. And that's when Peter finally figured out or realized who he was and what his calling was. It's when you have that encounter with Christ and you have that revelation. It's not just a, um, okay, yeah, Jesus is savior, you know, cool. Let's, let's go do something. It's that revelation that's revolutionary in your life. And God does give that revelation. It's so awesome how that happens. You know, I want to just encourage folks too, that, you know, we're not on God. God's on his own timetable. And, you know, he's going to progressively bring God's the kingdom of heaven on the earth. He's going to do it. I mean, Genesis 1.26 is tied in with Jesus' prayer. You, when you see Genesis 1.26, let us make mankind and put on my image and likeness and let them have dominion. That word dominion means kingdom. And then Jesus says, Matthew 6.10, pray like this, the kingdom of heaven come on earth. God is about the same business. So, and then just realize that he has his plan and he's going to continue to raise up people in every strata of culture so we can be encouraged. And I love uh, Isaiah 2 and Micah 4. Look at those two verses. They're verse 1 and 2. They're, they're companion scriptures. It says in the last days, basically says that God will be in his people to the point where people will say, show us his ways. Show me who he is and how he is. So I love what Jim said. Relax. God's in you. Be who you are, where you are. 
and ministry will come to you. You know, you don't have to go chase people down. Light, light, lights don't chase people. You know, city lights, they shine. So people will come to you. <laughs> you know, and I want to go back to what Christopher brought up earlier about his family and, and chasing people and God's timing is, you know, it's God's spirit that draws a man. There it is. It doesn't chase after. It draws a man. That's right. Okay. It draws a man unto salvation. And it's in God's time, and you don't have to worry about forcing the gospel on somebody. I think that's a place where a lot more damage has been done, where we're like, oh, my, I've got to get the gospel to this person right now. Uh, If I don't, um, God's going to smite me and smite them, and it's going to be bad all over the place. That's not the way that it works. It's all in God's timing. I look back at my life. God was drawing me all throughout my life um, when I was a young boy up until the day that I was saved. And we're talking a 21-year process, basically, in doing that. Um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 you know, it's not that salvation is a process. When you ask Jesus to save you, he saves you. But it's that drawing yeah. and that drawing to the light. And don't get frustrated because you know, I'm sure many of you that are watching tonight that before you were saved, there there were times like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to become Ned Flanders from The Simpsons, or you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to give this up. But boy, I sure am glad I had that change of mind in repentance because it sure is better on this side than it was on the, on the other yeah. side. And something else too, Ron, going to repairing the breaches and building up the cities, you know, really doing that and being the light and what's going to happen with those who do that, they're restoring the ancient paths of relationship with God. Absolutely. Yeah. I I really see that is that it's not about what church you go to. It's not about what denomination you are. It's about that deep, intimate relationship with Jesus. And it's about, you know, I saw a video you did a couple of days ago about, you know, how the word Christian is, a, is kind of become a tired word. And, you know, what yes. God's calling for is something different than what we're traditionally used to. Before we close tonight, can you talk to us about that a little bit? Because, man, it fired me up when I listened to that last night. Yes. You know, because, I mean, labels get old. And uh, the old Christian label for a lot of people, especially those outside the faith, I mean, Christianity just brings up all kinds of different images, and most of them are wrong. So, I mean, the fact that they, they saw Christians at the, at Antioch, they saw him as little Jesus. I mean, they, he, they were doing what Jesus did because they knew him. They were, had been with him. And that's what we got to get back to so that people ask us, who are you, without us telling them, you know? I mean, I think, let's just drop that. I'm a Christian. I mean, just walk in the light. Walk in God's love, his goodness, his power, his presence. His, his provision, you know, that he takes care of you. And people will see that. And they'll ask you, man, who are you? That's what they asked Jesus. He said, who do the people say I am? Because he knew they were saying, who is this guy? So, you know, we love, let's just go a little more incognito, you know, and let's, <laughs> let's, just, let's just like yeast. You know, he said the kingdom is like yeast. It doesn't matter how big the bread is. He said, in fact, the yeast will... He said 60 will, will leaven 60 pounds of flour. Back in that day, that was like, it was huge. Well, whatever place God's placed you, no matter how intimidating it looks, the yeast of the kingdom will win every time. Yeast always conquers the dough. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, <laughs> uh, dough. I'm thinking about some, uh, if Tiffany's still watching, I'm thinking about donuts, especially jelly donuts. We've got an inside <laughs> joke about that. Well, it's kind of been broadcast all over the state of New York and in the world as well. So donuts are, are delicious. So, oh, man, I love yeah, <laughs> I, I to- totally love them. But, you know, that is so true. The titles, you know, when you say Christian, it brings up a lot of bad thoughts in people's minds. And that's one of the things that I've had to work with with doing this. It's like, well, we, you know, are we a Christian podcast or what are we? And I've kind of had to go with we're prophetic arts. That's that's what we are. That's what we do. And it's really tweaked a lot of different interest from different people and gotten a wider uh, viewership than just saying, hey, uh, welcome to Bible time and uh, Christian rock and metal time with, with yeah. Glenn. You know, it's, 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 it's totally different. But Ron, that is so refreshing. I am just so happy that I obeyed the spirit tonight and threw the notes to kind of the side and, and just roll with this because some ministry has happened. Ron, can you hang on just for a moment? I've got some housekeeping things to go through real quick, and then I'll bring you back on and we'll close out. I'll be okay. right with sure you. Will. Absolutely. Hey, for our viewers and our listeners, we still have some Boiling Point CDs to give away. If you want one, uh, this is the Hope Lives Here CD from the band that we interviewed just a few weeks ago. Uh, boiling point. Um, we've got several of them. If you want one, message me. You can message me right now, uh, whether it be through YouTube Live, Twitch, or Facebook, Facebook Live. Send me your email and I will email you and we'll get you hooked up. Uh, I'll get your mailing address through email, not right here because we don't people want people showing up and sporking your lawn. Just send me your email address or you can email me at lithoscry. That's L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y at gmail.com. And also, too, next week, we are going to return to some music, and we're going to have an awesome interview and check out the music of a band called We Are Vessel. I'm very excited about that. So we're going to do that and take a deep dive into what God is doing in them and how they're ministering through their music. So we will be back next week, and we're going to be back at the 8 o'clock hour next week. We're kind of having to do things because yours truly had to go back to work this week, and um, things are a little bit different. Schedule's a little bit uh, little bit uh, wonky these days. But Ron, thank you so much for joining us, and it's always a pleasure to have you on, and we're going to have you on again because this was this was exciting. Oh, it's good to be with you, Glenn. And to all of our listeners and viewers, until next time, peace out and rock on. LithosCry.com.